a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Your voice, your vote, 2020. Special coverage on Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, and uh, we are getting going. Ballots are hitting mailboxes, and uh, we'll be uh, over the next couple of days. So voting will be underway, and uh, all eyes, of course, are on the governor's race. And just a reminder uh, to set your clock, give yourself a reminder that on Thursday, on Thursday from 11 to 12.30, a special 90-minute Inside Sources. We will be joined by our partners and friends at uh, World Trade Center Utah. Miles Hansen, the CEO, uh, will join me. And we're going to have a candidate forum uh, with the four candidates running for governor on the GOP side of the ledger that uh, we can uh, really have a deep dive conversation with them, not just the uh, traditional back and forth a minute at a time, but we want to really dive into some of those issues, especially the economic issues how they're impacting families, and what Utah's role is in an international economy. So stay with us, uh, especially on Thursday this week, 11 to 12.30, 90 minutes of coverage uh, on the political front. Uh, we'll also be speaking uh, tomorrow with the Democratic candidate uh, for governor uh, coming up. So we'll uh, make sure we spread the love around there as well. So make sure you catch us tomorrow also. And uh, make sure you have the KSL News Radio app downloaded, uh, powered by our friends at Any Hour Services, so you don't miss a single thing. And you can always go back and get the podcast as well. Also want to remind everyone that the the funeral services uh, for George Floyd are being uh, uh, streamed on our Xtreme. So you can go to kslnewsradio.com, go to the Xtreme, and you can uh, listen to that live. Uh, Some beautiful, powerful music going on. I'm sure there'll be some great words. We'll dip into those as we go. Uh, But as I mentioned before the break, uh, this is one of my favorite conversations of the week. Anytime we can get Jenny Howe on the line uh, to talk to us about how we talk about things, uh, that's a good day for me. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Boyd. I'm happy to be here. All right. So today we wanted to focus a little bit on... How do we talk to our children about these things? I think a lot of us struggle with how we talk to adults about uh, racism and and discrimination and bias and all of those things. Uh, Talking to our children can be even more tricky. Uh, What are some of the things that we should keep in mind as we approach those kinds of conversations? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. It, this has obviously been such a theme in my sessions um, this last week. And, and as you know, I see kids from age five all the way up to age 25. I feel like they're still kids in there. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the conversations have been so inspiring and so um, powerful for me as a listener. You know, I think I'm doing most of the learning in these sessions this week, even though I'm the therapist. But Something that that research tells us is children are exposed, especially children of color, are exposed to racial discrimination before the age of seven. Um, And so it is never too early to bring up the topic of racism in our home. In fact, um, the author who is is really powerful and is is doing a lot of circuits right now, um, Ibram Kendi, 
He has a board book coming out for babies on how to be an anti-racist in June sometime. So he even wants to begin this conversation as as young as we can. Um, But what I'm discovering, and and it's really nothing... nothing different from what I typically say to you, Boyd, is that we need to have these discussions and have them be as explicit and as uncomfortable as they need to be. And the biggest issue that we have when when dealing with uncomfortable conversations is the issue of just avoiding it altogether. And what we're discovering right now in our world is that you know, white people in our world, we have done a really great job of avoiding these conversations due to the fact that maybe we feel uncomfortable or we don't feel like we have the right words to say. And so this discomfort that we feel talking with our friends or our neighbors or our colleagues about this is going to, it's going to feel the same way when we talk to our kids about it. Uh, However, using the same language and having the same dialogue, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, we can have these conversations beginning at as you know as young as, as they can talk all the way up into our adult children conversation. So it's just a matter of having the conversation and putting ourselves in that uncomfortable space with yeah. our children that begins the work. Uh, that, I think that's so important. And I, and I think you've, you've hit on an important thing for us adults as well, that sometimes mm-hmm. if we aren't comfortable with the conversation or we don't know where to go or we're to- too worried about offending yeah. or asking the wrong question or whatever – Uh, That often Mm -hmm. prevents us from either having the conversation or it keeps us just Mm -hmm. at the surface level of a conversation rather than getting into the the heart of it. You're exactly right. And I think a good way to kind of navigate that is to use real life in vivo presentation. So like when we are shopping with our children at the grocery store and we notice a person of color having a conversation about what that person looks like and how they look different than us. And the the issues that they've had to deal with in their life as a result of their skin color. It's okay to talk about that stuff when we're out with our kids and using that social model learning theory to kind of help guide us and navigate these conversations so that they come up in our everyday life so that children aren't feeling like this conversation is something that is bad or taboo or something that mom and dad don't want to talk about. It's something that we just talk about all the time because it's part of real life. And I think that takes some of that shame stigma or maybe even that perceived like anxiety, guilt reaction that we have when we talk about it with our kids out of the equation when we use real life examples as ways to to discuss these things. That's so important. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we've got Jenny Howe. Uh, on the line with us, she's always helping us navigate the conversations and how we actually move things forward in a in a positive way. Uh, <clears throat> give me just a real quick hit. What is something in your sessions with, again, kids from age 5 to 25, uh, what's something that has surprised you over the last couple of weeks? Oh, man, I think what has surprised me the most is that my young children have much more um, depth and vulnerability uh, regarding the topic of racism in America than I would have even ever imagined. And I've worked with kids for years and years. They um, really get it. And they aren't afraid to talk about this. I had a little girl I met with yesterday. She's 11 years old. Um, She has OCD. She lives in the Bay Area. And we were visiting over telehealth. And she said that she was sitting on the trampoline, socially distanced. You know, that phrase is always in front of her. <laughs> right, right. Socially distanced on the trampoline with a couple of her friends yesterday. And they had had a, a, a protest in their neighborhood. And one of her friends said, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get why, you know, protests work. 
And she was telling me in session that her response was, well, I understand what you're saying, but I just feel like not doing anything is a worse choice. Like, I feel like it's okay to go to these things because we're talking about it. And and I think that the mindset of this isn't going to work is what's really going to, you know, stop us from changing things. Yeah. Uh, That was literally what she said to me. I love it. Oh, I love it. Like, they get it. They get it. And so the fear that we have as parents having these conversations is really... Um, irrational. Yeah. These kids get it. Um, they, they have been raised in a world that talks about things a lot more openly and they have more exposure than we give them credit for. Uh, so good. And we're going to put some of these resources up on our uh, Facebook page uh, so we can do that. And then, Jenny, we've got to have you back for a, a deeper dive. Uh, I have so many more questions for you, but I appreciate you giving us some perspective today. You're welcome, Wade. Have a good day. All right. Again, that's Jenny Howe. Great insight as always. We're going to step aside when we come back. Legendary civil rights activist Amos Brown will join us on KSL News Radio. Don't miss it. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.